The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. If you want the answers, you're in the right place at the right time. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies to help you gain control over your life with MS using only the best insights, advice, and research from top industry experts. Not only that, you'll learn MS-specific exercises and tips to stay consistent, motivated, and inspired. Ready? Let's dive in. Welcome to today's podcast. Today, we are talking with Ardra Shepherd, which I am slightly fangirling over here. Most of you guys might know her as the Tripping on Air blog, which how long has that been out for now? Um, it's six years. Like I think I just passed my six-year anniversary, which is crazy. That's amazing. You know, it was probably, I'll get to introducing Ardra in a second, but it was probably about six, maybe five or six years ago. When one of my patients who had MS told me to look you up, and at the time I didn't know who you were, and I still remember exactly what room I was in, exactly what patient it was. She's like, she's so funny. Like you, ha- you'll giggle as you're reading her blogs. You need to find her. And so ever since then, I've been following along. Thank you. That's so crazy. I remember I wrote like the first five posts, and I was like, "There's nothing else I can say. Like I've said everything I need to say." Like, I can't, like, what else am I going to write about? And my best friend was like, that's crazy. Stuff is going to keep happening. And, uh, and it has like, I think it's like 110 maybe essays I've written since then. So yeah, yeah stuff oh keeps happening. <laughs> As with multiple sclerosis, that is a typical situation, unfortunately. Yeah. So yes, Ardra is the host of her blog, Tripping on Air. It's amazing. The link will be in the show notes. Audra has had MS for 20 years and is currently in secondary progressive MS. And one thing that I love that she shares about herself on social media is that she's a rollator supermodel. (laughs) She is the queen at sharing life hacks and products that help make her life a little bit easier. As we know with MS, it just can make it very challenging. So she does a great job at sharing all of that with her followers. And not only that, but talks about her personal journey with MS and it's so relatable, so real and raw. And it's often the stuff that I feel people are hesitant to say publicly, whether it's because they're worried that people won't believe them or they sound like they're complaining. And I've heard these things from my clients where they just don't share it. And because Ardra does share, I feel like it helps people feel like they're not alone. So thank you for doing everything that you do. Well, thank you for having me again. um, And congrats on this new podcast. I'm very excited to be here and to be uh, one of your first guests. Super exciting. Um, I do want to point out that I use the Rollator Supermodel moniker, like very tongue in cheek. Um, It shocks me when people think that I'm like, actually a model. I'm so not. I'm just being like, I'm being cheeky about it. Uh, basically there are no rollator supermodels. I think there should be, but yeah. Um, so yeah. And then just like the being real part about it, I don't 
know another way to be, but I get that feeling of, you know, not wanting to be like negative or depressing. And I think you can be real without being a downer. You know, it's just like, that's just, that's how it is. It's our reality. So, and I think if we want changes, which we do in a lot, in a lot of ways, like we have to be authentic about what's going on. You know, we don't really do ourselves any favors if we just pretend that everything's okay all the time. It's not. I agree. And that goes on so many levels, whether it's just communicating with your family or friends or your doctors or the Senate with a bill that might be trying to get passed, you know, on, on all levels, it's so important to be real with what you're going through and how it impacts you on a day-to-day basis. Totally. And I, I feel like there's this thing where if you're just like clear about it and say what you need, um, you're going to have a lot more success. Like think feelings don't go away and symptoms don't go away. So if we do try and like bury and suppress them, they, they come out in other ways, you know? So I think just like addressing it head on is, is the best way, but I mean, it's taken like, I'm 20 years into this. It's taken a while to figure that out. Yeah. So you said you started your blog six years ago. When was it that you actually came out? And I know you have a a blog post on this too, but when, when was it that you came out with your MS story, whether it was publicly or just to a close group of people? How did that go for you? Um, I mean, it's not a one and done thing. Like when I was first diagnosed, I worked for a big company and the story got around before I, like, it wasn't even up to me. Uh, there 600 people worked at this company. And uh, while I had taken my sick leave, an email went around to the whole company saying like, our poor dear Ardra has been diagnosed. Loved. Like they took up a collection. Um, oh it was gosh. awful. It's totally out of my hands. That said, I didn't expect that anyone was actually going to treat me differently. I didn't think it was something that I needed to be concerned about being out there. And then of course I had several situations subsequent to that where I was treated differently and othered. And and so then I started keeping it uh, more to myself and being more um, using more discretion about how I would disclose it. But of course now it's more visible. It's more obvious. And also it's like all over the internet. So I'm, I'm public about it now. And uh, it's, that's, I mean, this whole interview could just be about how and when and why to like safely disclose that um, there's so much to consider with MS, you know, it's really a heck of a learning curve for people who are newly diagnosed and even for people who've lived with it for a long time. Absolutely. I've had some clients, I have a lot of clients actually that ask me like, what would you say? Or, you know, how would I, how should I tell my mom or my boss? And I think it is so individualized and some people just aren't comfortable sharing that. And I think that's fine. And other people are very open with it. So yeah, there's a, a big range there. I always like, I remember when the neurologist who diagnosed me, um, you know, at the, like the very first appointment where it was, you know, there's a, you have optic neuritis, there's a 50% chance you have MS. I freaked out. I was hysterical and crying. But then six weeks later, after my MRI, I knew that the diagnosis was coming. Like I'd been to the internet. I had more symptoms coming. I knew. And this doctor who, you know, sees MS all day, every day, when he did give me that diagnosis, I remember like cracking a joke because 
on some level, I already have this like this, like one of the burdens of having MS is that feeling of needing to reassure other people that you're okay. And like, even the doctor who diagnosed me, like I felt like I needed to break the tension in that room, you know? Right. Yeah. I think that's so common. And I see that in my clients too, where they try to keep it light, even though it can be a very heavy subject, especially at first. One thing that I noticed, and I've been noticing this for a few years, so I don't know exactly when you started this, But one thing that you post around the holidays is your gift guide. And I absolutely love it. I truly, as soon as it's released, I go there. I'm like, what is it this year? And it's always such great things. So what I want to talk about, especially with, you know, talking about sharing your MS and, you know, to your close group of people, but also to the world, it can also be really helpful, whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for 20 years to know some products that are, that are out there. Unfortunately, that's not something that your neurologists really review with you. So how, first of all, how did you even find all the products that you review? I mean, I love shopping. First of all, there's that. I'm also like, I'm one of those like nerdily proactive patients. Like I look for answers and solutions and I mean, for a long time, I didn't realize that doctors weren't going to be giving me all of the answers or all of the tools that I needed. So it was kind of a revelation to me that as patients, we have to do a lot of this research ourselves. So, and sometimes that comes from like our social networks. One of my favorite products is something that Bethy Bright and Dark, another MS blogger brought to my attention, um, the toe socks, which are amazing. But yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I do some research. Um, yeah, it's, it's what works for me. That is a pop, that is like my most popular post of the year every year. And even like throughout the year. Yeah. Well, I love that it's a gift guide because of course it makes sense around the holidays, but truly any time that you're looking to get a gift for yourself or for someone else, whether they have MS or another type of mobility limitation, whatever it is, it applies. So yeah, I, I mean, that. I always like put the caveat in of like, beware the sick person present. Yes. You know, like, don't come at me with something that's like just medical, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, consider the relationship. There was the year that my husband bought me the like discount purple Barney, like heating blanket which was a year after he'd bought me jewelry and perfume and uh, yeah, like throw in a little romantic present if you have to get something that's like clearly medical. So yeah, I mean, there's some, there's always some fun stuff in there too. Yeah, absolutely. So what are your favorite products? I don't know that I like using the word product, but you know, things that help you for, and I'm going to go different categories here that people ask me about. So I'm just translating that question to you for, let's start with the big one, walking. What are your pros, cons, favorites in that category? Yeah. I mean, if anyone follows me, they know I am like a rollator fangirl for, I have two favorites. So one is the by acre rollator. And I love that one because it is so streamlined and sexy looking. It is so lightweight. I can lift it with one hand. I can get it in and out of the car by myself. You know, it's not the first rollator that I had. The first one that I had was just, it arrived at my house and I stared at it and cried. It's, um, I feel 
so like all the things we attach to ourselves are um, like part of our identities, everything we choose. And so to find yourself attached to a mobility aid that that's ugly or medical looking or geriatric, <laughs> I found just like really devastating. So it was like very exciting for me to find this product exists and uh, we're getting better at that kind of design too. Um, my other rollator, which I love so bad is uh, by Rolls Motion or it's, it's by Rolls. It's a Rolls Motion. And, you know, I had no idea. And we're talking like 2017. So social media has opened the world up to what's out there. Like just when, like five years ago, it was very, very hard to find this kind of information on your own. So I went to the mobility aid store feeling like it's time for me to get a rollator. I didn't have doctor guidance. I didn't have OT guidance. And, and you, like, even I've seen OT since and they still are like, where did you like, what is this device? And so I had no idea that anything even existed that was a walker or rollator that could convert to a transport chair. And that was like revelatory for me. But the shop where I went to buy it, they didn't know how to use it. And oh, so yeah. they didn't know how to convert it. And when I tested it, I put my weight on it and it like collapsed. And I thought this is a terrible product. Like, and I've heard of other people having this experience too, where like the salesperson doesn't even know how to, like we're really on our own to figure out a lot of this stuff, which is really unfortunate. But that is a product that I love. And I think another thing that I really didn't understand about MS was this idea of different aids for different days. You know, I sort of felt like my issues with walking were um, like a one-way road to like complete dependence on a wheelchair. And so that was a like a really lovely surprise for my own personal experience. I know it's not the same for everyone, but to realize that, you know, in certain situations, a cane is enough for me and others, a rollator. And sometimes I need uh, a wheelchair or transport chair. And um, yeah, that's a bit of a tangent. <laughs> I think that's so important though. A lot of people that I work with are even nervous to use the cane because they feel like, well, if I use the cane next is a walker, after that's a rollator, after that's a wheelchair. And that doesn't necessarily have to be the progression, but as you said, each day is different. Maybe you do need a cane one day, nothing another day, walker a different day. Well, and I will say that if you fall and break something, you know, that can be very devastating. And, and, and you know, lots of people don't recover from that. So doing what's safe is first and foremost, so important. But I, I mean, I know from in my own experience and other patients too, it's doctors seem resistant to encourage mobility aid use too. I don't think it's a conversation that is had often enough. I can tell that it's not as well because I usually, as a physical therapist, I am not the first person that someone with MS is seeing. Usually it's at least one neurologist, if not two or three, if they shopped around and a primary care doctor, and maybe some other ones in there too. And it's usually not until something happens or they feel like, oh my gosh, my weakness is, is getting worse. I should see a PT. And then they're referred to me. And when they come to me, I can tell they're nervous to have that conversation. So I can tell that it might be the first time that they've ever had that conversation. And so there's this negative connotation with any type of mobility aid. So I try to change the, the view on that because it can be, yes, it is life-changing, but it changes your life in for better ways as well. 
I mean, it can certainly make you more active and yeah. buy you more steps, you know? And I, I think also like trekking poles don't get enough attention, right? Like I wish that I had sort of used trekking poles before I had just gone to a cane, but we don't really think of them as something to support us medically. Right. Absolutely. And I saw recently you shared something about the Dictus band. I personally love the Dictus band. I used to use that with a lot of my clients. What were your thoughts on that? I mean, I had been referred for AFOs in the past, which are ridiculously expensive, custom-made orthotics that, you know, strap around my leg and go up to the knee and require like Shrek-sized shoes. Yes. (laughs) Um, and actually, I mean, they worked sort of for a time, but not that great for me. And I I stopped using them. And then I was in a physio, like an intensive physiotherapy program in November. And my physiotherapist asked me if I'd ever tried a dictus and I, I never it. And it's just a simple leather strap that goes around your ankle and attaches to your shoe. And it was life-changing, like a fraction of the cost of an AFO. And just like, for me personally, it worked so much better. And now they make like a shoeless barefoot attachment, um, which is also great. Um, So yeah, yeah, I can't, and it frustrates me really that like no one on my medical team recommended this to me until now, um, it was like a game changer. So yeah, that is a product that I highly recommend. Awesome. Yeah. I really like that one. The only downside that I noticed about it is that you do have to have hand strength to pull the band onto the little prongs. 100%. Yes. (laughs) That can be tricky, but yeah. Awesome. So what about another question that I get asked a lot is about, Starting your day, so getting dressed can be really challenging. Showering can be really challenging. Do you have any specific products or recommendations based on your journey thus far that could help some of our listeners in that area? Uh, Dry shampoo, like whoever invented that deserves the Nobel Prize. (laughs) I have to say for a long time, I didn't, like my morning routine kind of involved lounging in my pajamas for far too long. And so I highly, for me, recommend uh, just like getting dressed and like getting your shit together in the morning is um, a good way to start the day that doesn't always include showering. I'm, you know, you, there's, like, you can figure out how to wash the important bits. But when I moved into this, apartment, I fell in love with the giant soaker tub. But then as my mobility started to be impacted, it started feeling like my future coffin. <laughs> like I like I would get in and think like, is this the day that I don't get out? Um, it was terrifying. And I resisted, like, of course, was told so many times, get a shower bench or a shower chair. And I resisted it because my bathroom is beautiful. And I didn't want this geriatric medical device hanging around in my bathroom. But I found a beautiful wooden bench that looks great, doesn't look medical, looks like anything anyone who wants to take a bubble bath and have a glass of wine and read in the tub would have in their their bathroom. And so that was uh, a great life hack for me. Like it's, I'm much cleaner. Everyone's happier. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. You know, there's so many different, there's so many products now, even compared to six years ago, where 
it doesn't look as medical anymore. And what that does to your mindset is so important. Yes. I guess the thing is like, if you go to the medical supply store, they don't have the pretty benches. They have the medical benches, you know? So for me, it was like, it feels like so obvious now, but it's like, just go to a regular store and see (laughs) what you can find. and, And you might be surprised, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's the things we learn as we go, you know? Right. Well, and that's another thing I want to have you back on our show and talk about accessibility is one thing, because the, I feel like stores didn't always have the like regular stores didn't always carry those things, at least not the ones that didn't feel medical. So I think that's an important topic too. Yeah. And I, I think we still have a long way to go, but we are getting there. I love that. Um, there's a company in Canada called Prairie Velo and they're just like a bike shop and they carry both of my rollators. And I think in the States you can get the bike or at Walmart now, like, so you don't have to necessarily have that shopping experience of going to the medical supply store. I mean, there's so much that we have to process with MS that, you know, it might seem vain or silly to consider the psychological impact that these that these experiences have on us, but they do add up to, you know, I mean, whatever we can do to just normalize the experience and, and make it a little less painful, I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been so great having you on our show. Thank you for being with us, especially on our launch day. I appreciate your time, your insights, your recommendations. And we'll definitely have you have to have you back to talk about more products as well as other really important discussions just around accessibility, advocacy. You're so great at all of that. So thank you so much for being here. Also, lastly, do you have a way where people can find your blog or find you anything that you want to share? Um, Yeah, my blog is tripping on air and you can find it on the internet. Uh, Instagram, I'm ms underscore tripping on air tripping on air. You'll find me. (laughs) Sounds great. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am beyond grateful to have you as a listener. So as a thank you, I have something special just for you. I created a bundle of resources exclusive for the listeners of the Missing Link podcast who are looking for more guidance and tips to champion your life with MS. To get these resources, head over to msinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a friend. Or if you're on social media, take a screenshot right now and post it to your page or your stories and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out to other MS warriors. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link podcast.